0: Greetings everyone. Welcome back to All About America's team brought to you by Dell Media. I'm Ray Nickens, one of the hosts. This is
1: Owen oh, the Chico. And
0: we are here to recap the Dallas Cowboys unfortunate loss, but you some could say expected loss to the San Francisco 49ers in the wild card game. This game was quite eventful, quite entertaining, a disaster. Any word that you can come up with to describe this game, it would probably be in some way true. And we have a lot to say about the game by itself, as well as individual players who played in that football game, comments of those players afterwards, the coaching of the staff, and even we might even talk about Jerry Jones, because he has some fault in this disaster as well. But before we get into that all of those things just really quickly you can find us on Twitter at America's team capital P capital C I posted a tweet last night regarding one of said players who we will get it who will who we will talk about a little bit later and also you can find us as well at America at all about America's team um, on Instagram. So let's get right into it. The Dallas Cowboys, they suffered a devastating loss, 23-17 on last Sunday. They did not do a very good job of stopping the run early on in the football game, but the defense did improve. They did get better, and the offense had the ball twice in the last six minutes to ultimately take the lead and steal the game. But unfortunately, they were not able to do that as the first attempt, Dak heaved a a pass on 4th and 11. That was ultimately incomplete. And after getting the ball back once again, they decided to run a quarterback draw with 14 seconds left and weren't even able to get the snap off. So I'll just start with you. I'll let you take the four. Did you like the final call? Um, And what was your overall takeaways from the Dallas Cowboys loss?
1: Okay, so first of all, yes, I thought that it was the right play cuz San Fran with, with going into first before I even get to that play, it's 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 so sad sitting here right now because Dallas had the ball with 2 minutes and I guess 30 seconds left and I I, I was watching the game and I saw Dalton Schultz go for like 30 40 yards. I was like, "Oh my goodness, Dallas is going to steal they're going to steal this win." but then you just saw them go brain dead for the next 2 minutes and 30 seconds. And I do think that the play was the correct call because they San Fran was guarding the the, the boundaries and if Dak were to throw if Dak were to throw a game-winning interception or game yeah, game-ending interception, then we're sitting here with a very different conversation than we are right now. Or if we, or if it was a throw to to CD and he couldn't get out of bounds, very different conversation than we are right now. The play call was correct, but there were a few things that were um, weird. One, what what I saw or what people on Twitter were saying was that the the umpire is supposed to be in the deep in like the the back of the defense, like a like like a safety. Just everyone knows what I'm trying to say, and then the ball's given to him, but what he was doing is he was all the way in the back by Dallas offense. And he was, he was five, 10 yards behind the quarterback, which was really weird. Um, Dak probably should have gone down a little a little like five yards before. Um, but it was, you can't blame the refs because Dallas should not have been in that situation to begin with. And I know that, that Dak, being the leader and being the quarterback of this team, is going to get most of the hate. But I just want to just want to share some stuff for everyone. Ray, do you think Tyron Smith is a, is a very is a good serviceable left tackle? I do. Okay. Well, He's a pro he, he is. Well, guess he ha- he allowed six pressures and four hurries. And it's the most pressures he has allowed in a game since 2012. Mm.
0: An- another thing.
1: Uh, he's, he's looked pretty good. There the, are the, 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 the other games in this season, so who knows? Connor Williams, or sorry, Tyron Smith also had one, one QB hit, one let up one sack, and had two penalties. Connor Williams had two pressures, one hurry, one sack, two penalties. Biotish had one pressure, one sack. Zach Martin, four pressures, two hurries, one hit, one sack. Landon Collins, or, sorry, Lyle Collins, three pressures, three hurries, two penalties. I don't care if you have Tom Brady as your quarterback or if you have a garbage can. It's going to be very, very hard to do things and to be a decent football team if your offensive line is like Swiss cheese and I'm not I'm not saying that's an excuse for Dak's performance or anyone else's performance, but if if you told me Saturday or Sunday morning, hey, your, off- your offensive line, who at a point in time this season played like a top five, they, at the end of the season, the top 15, top 20, but if you were to say that they ha- had this performance, I would have said, just sit Dak. There's no reason to have him out there running for his life. It was... I you you just saw, Connor Williams get get put on his back more times this game than I've ever seen before, and the and Connor Williams and Biadish both have had issues with heavier set defensive tackles, and that is exactly how you beat them. Tyron Smith has issues with defensive ends who can bend and can. Move like can can go level to the ground and can go underneath them because obviously he's getting older and his back has been an issue, but there there have been just a lot of a lot of issues with the offensive line and okay so the offensive line we we put that away the other thing the coaching staff I thought the most I thought the funniest part of the game was when they were the fourth and five and they did a fake punt. All right, I I was after last year, after last season, they did like five to six fake punts. I was like, all right, I'm going to wait for one to happen this game. And then they tried to outsmart one of the better coaches in the league by keeping their punt team out there. I I don't, that is not excusable in the slightest. And what they were trying to do was to get San Francisco to call a timeout, but. that's just that's just so dumb on so many levels. And they'd waited out there. And then Dak didn't even have his helmet on until until he was told to go out there. So because they thought they were all expecting San Fran to call a timeout. And then you saw Dak go out there and the 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 judge or the, the referee get in his way because he wanted both teams to be able to substitute, which ended up causing a, a um delay of game. So a lot of issues that I have with that. Also, Tony Pollard, oh, the only only drive where he was the featured back, where he played every single down, was the time they scored. It was a shame how little they used t- Tony Pollard and also how little they used CD Lamb. I wish that Dallas had an offensive coordinator or even a head coach who, who would use CD as half as much or half the amount of ways that they used Debo Samuel. There were just a lot of things that I had issues with, and I, it's, I don't even know that Dak. Dak, that interception was was a, a bad throw, but he's he's due for one of those every game. An interception, just a really bad ball. Zeke, we found out that he tore hit something in his knee, which just shows how bad or delusional this coaching staff is because. Zeke is probably eating up the most of your cap. And instead of resting him, you're gonna, you're gonna have him go out there. I understand Zeke is a warrior and he wants to play, but that, that's just malpractice. And I understand that both of your running backs were injured, but or Tony Pollard was as well. But you have Corey Clement who who one time in his career was a really good was a really good running back for the Eagles when they won the Super Bowl. You have Edo Smith who on the Falcons was serviceable. And then you have Jaquan Hardy, who is going to be, who is Zeke's cousin, and he's going to probably be on the team for quite some time, but I don't want to take up too much. Cause I know, I know you have a lot to say, so we, we, we can just, we can get into all the quotes and interesting things that I have a little bit later, but that was how I felt. And on paper, Dallas is, was the better team but also 14 penalties. Dallas beat themselves. The the 49ers did not beat them and Jimmy Garoppolo tried to give the tried to give the game back to Dallas and Dallas did not did not do anything. They squandered their, their opportunities. And it showed that Dallas Dallas is going to be in a very bad cap situation cuz they're on their negative 13 million. And Ray and I will be talking about ways that we think they can, they can fix those cap issues. Because not too long ago, when Tony Romo retired or when he was hurt year to year, we Dallas was in cap hell, and they have somehow they, they over years they were able to get themselves out of it, but sadly they have put themselves right back under it, and it's it's sad, but it's also funny. So Ray, I anything you want to add to? To the eight-minute spiel that just went
0: on. Yeah, just a couple of points of pushback. Going back to that final play, I thought it was the dumbest call I've ever seen. Point number one, you have you're running to the middle of the field, you have no timeouts. They want you to run the to the middle of the field. Because if you looked if you looked at what was going on, the 49ers DBs, they were playing on the outside. So they were basically saying, you are not throwing these out routes anymore. You better take the middle of the field. And I I've heard reports that Dak audibled into the run. I've and I don't really believe that he audibled into the run because I feel like it was probably pre-called. But even like in that situation, a five yard or six yard or seven yard pass to a player who's going to be wide open in the middle of the field because of how vacant it was is far more productive than trying to run a QB draw in down the field and just hope that you slide at the perfect time. Number one, he could have been he could have been tackled at the line of scrimmage and then you would have had no chance based on the body. So that's one variable you have to take into account for. The second variable is you have to count for everyone getting back and getting set in a very little amount of time, especially since he decided to run for 15 yards and slide closer to the 20 when you only really need to slide at the 30. So that took up a lot of time. And then also, if you think it was a complete fire drill after that, McCarthy said they practiced that a lot of times. Dak Prescott has said they practiced that over and over in practice. But did you really practice that play, or did you practice the best-case scenario? Because the worst-case scenario is what happened on this play, where the, he ran too far. Nobody knew that you're supposed to give the ball to the official. They tried to set the ball themselves and that ultimately took another two seconds off the play clock and they weren't even able to get the play off. And then third, even if he had handed it to the official, they still would have had pretty much no time. So where's the um, audible to the hail Mary call? Because that should be your, in your back pocket of, Hey, we're not going to be able to spike it. So we're going to run a play, but that they didn't seem to talk about that either. So I, I feel like it just goes back to the really poor um, preparation that Mike McCarthy gives his football team. And you've defended him saying that it's not his job to get the team ready to play, but it, this is what happens when they're not ready to play. You talked about the, the fake punt situation where that really just seemed like when Mike McCarthy was like, oh, we got, we got completely screwed over last week or two weeks ago, so we're going to screw over the 49ers because we're going to try this on them. But guess what? Kyle Shanahan being a far superior head coach and Mike McCarthy, his team was ready for it and they didn't freak out. And ultimately the Cowboys looked like complete idiots and ended up having that delay of game called on them. If you looked at that sideline, you touched on it a little bit. Nobody knew what was going on. The sideline was complete chaos. They had no clue what was happening. And then after 15 seconds, you finally jog your offense back on the field. They should be in a dead sprint to get that playoff. And it, I mean that play didn't really have anything, like it didn't really impact the game that delay of game, but it showed you what's wrong with the Dallas Cowboys. In that regard, so next thing, it, I'm just I'm, like the the Ezekiel Elliott pr- injury, like it's going to be very difficult to keep Ezekiel Elliott off the field. Because, number one, he's been playing all year with this injury. He took, he basically took, um, yeah, he's been playing all year on this injury. He looked the best he's looked all year against the Philadelphia Eagles. So after the San Francisco game where he was completely neutralized, you, we can't bring up this narrative of, oh, he was really hurt. He shouldn't have been out there. Because he's been playing on this on this injury all for half of the season. So I'm not going to let you bring up that narrative. Number no, two, I'm
1: not, I'm, not, I'm not saying that it's an excuse. I'm just saying that it shows how delusional his coaching staff is because he does have something torn in his knee. He, I'm not saying that it well, it, I mean, he's been playing for excuse. seven weeks, like no, I, I, exactly. And I'm saying that it's bad on the coaching staff for putting him in the game. I understand that the player wants to play, but if he has something torn in his knee, like if he didn't have that brace and he completely tore his knee, he would have been cut and it would never have played another down in the NFL. So I'm not saying it's an excuse. I'm just saying it's bad on the coaching staff for allowing him to suit up.
0: Well, I mean, I don't really know how you can go to your player and be like, hey, actually, for the biggest game of the year, you're going to sit even though we've let you play on this for six weeks.
1: I'm not, like, I'm not I don't saying i let him sit in like this game. I'm saying that as soon as, soon as soon as the injury happened, as soon as he started limping – you, you should have sat him. You shouldn't have let him played. As soon as as soon as soon he had the injury, you should have put him on the IR for three weeks and then let him come back and just completely rest. Come, put him as a healthy scratch until you actually need him because you didn't need Zeke to win any of the games that he played in. So that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying that this is the reason why we lost this game because Zeke was injured. I'm just saying that he shouldn't have been playing at all with something torn in his knee.
0: Yeah, I don't even know what he, like exactly what was torn. Did he
1: tore it? PCL, I think it's not his ACL or anything like that. It's, I I don't, I I think it's his PCL, but I think it's more pain tolerance than anything else. But you saw him like hobble every single time he was going to the line or going back to the sideline. It was really, really hard to see. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, I I really think that even at 100%, Ezekiel Elliott wasn't going to do anything against the San Francisco 49ers defensive line. And of course just that that brings me to, that brings me to your, your points on the offensive line. Well, they were they weren't playing chumps, like they were playing arm Arc Armstead, Nick Bosa was on that defensive line, and he ultimately got hurt. And so with Fred Warner at linebacker, that defensive line is no joke. And we we have to stop living in this in this reality, in this fake reality that the Dallas Cowboys offensive line is anywhere close to where it was four or five years ago, because they most of them are old. Um, Connor Williams is not a good player. Tyler Biotish is not a very good player. And you have an old left tackle, which is the most important position in in the national football league, other than quarterback is your left tackle. And he's getting, and he's not where he once was. He's dealing with back injuries He's probably has a neck injury, an ankle injury. I don't know. So there's probably a lot of things wrong with Tyron Smith that they're not telling us. And we're and you're asking him to go up against this um, either Nick Bosa or whoever else was playing on the on the defensive end or at defensive end. Then you have Lyle Collins, who I think he's a very overrated player, and he's he he gave up some he gave up some pressures as you said. And Zach Martin, he's old as well, and he probably had the best game out of the offensive line but even he wasn't as as you know serviceable as we expect him to be so it really isn't as much in the offensive line is is it as much as us creating these ex expectations for this offensive line and if you really think about it they only gave up 3 sacks i believe this game or 2
1: like it was it was one sack, two sack, three sack, four, four. They, sacks. Gave a, they gave up.
0: They gave up four sacks this game, and and I don't. They didn't come one after the other. They were pretty spread out. So Doug Prescott, he had. There were plenty of instances where he had time to to make a decision, and there's a lot of a lot of the times he took too long, or he he threw a bad pass. And I, I will say that the interception was for was probably there was a little bit it had a little bit to do with the defensive line push gone into his face, but he still threw it to the completely wrong shoulder of the receiver. Which is which I mean like the, the offensive line, they did enough for the Cowboys to be able to move the football on the weak secondary of the 49ers. But the Cowboys couldn't do anything that that football game, and they only started to play well when Nick Bosa went down and Fred Warner went down, and Jimmy Garoppolo threw that ridiculous interception. Other than that, they they started off slow like they always do with Dak Prescott at quarterback, and they were they should have been down thirty seven to to seven because they the defense actually kept them in the football game. So we're having a completely different conversation if the 49ers cash in those two field goals. But other than that, this game was atrocious. I wish that Mike McCarthy would be fired, but he's not going to get fired because that's not how Jerry works. And I, I'm i I'm ready to talk about individuals.
1: <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, so um, one thing before I get into that. So Tony Dungy, who is great coach, great analyst – He tweeted uh, two days ago. Yeah, exactly. He said, concerning the Dallas Cowboys, Dash, let's forget about the last play in the clock. How about giving up 169 yards rushing, giving up five sacks, so it was five, completing less than 60% of their passes, running for only 77 yards, and committing 14 penalties? That's more concerning the last 14 seconds. And Dan Orlovsky, who will always be known for running at the back of his end zone said or commented coach eight flags eight flags either gave san fran a first down or took away a first down from themselves there were so many plays where dallas had a nice 8 to 15 yard gain and there was some type of holding or there was some utter which nonsense by the way, every
0: which by the way every single penalty was a legit penalty
1: a hundred percent it just yeah. shows how it, it, unprepared this team was and unprepared
0: yeah, it, it, undisciplined poorly yeah. coached badly motivated mike mccarthy yeah, 100%, 100%. mike mccarthy mike mccarthy Mike McCarthy. and once and again all I, he was doing the entire game he was doing this staring yeah, 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 up totally. at the jumbotron yep. Yep. oh i can't and, i can't use my eyes and actually look at what's going on i gotta look up at the jumbotron oh look there's my mom there's jerry
1: Yeah, that's
0: the guy who's letting me stay on
1: another year. Yeah, exactly. And one thing that that Dez Bryant, who was a Cowboys legend, said, one last thing, dot, 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 Cowboys fans, y'all should kill the McCarthy slander. He took the boys to the playoffs his second year. Don't forget about what what we had a few years ago, basically adding Jason Garrett. But I, I was under this same for the whole year. And even last year, I was like, you know, Mike McCarthy did win a Super Bowl. And yesterday I was listening to a podcast talking about how abysmal this Cowboys game was. And I I had no idea. And this is just me being ignorant in football that wasn't that's passed six, seven years ago. But Mike McCarthy, you can probably you can probably attest to this, had teams that were 15 and 1, great teams that Aaron Rodgers looked amazing in, and they go into the playoffs and they get embarrassed. And this is exactly what happened to this team because, and the sad thing about it is, yeah, is they that lost to the Giants. Is, exactly, is that next season this team's gonna is gonna be worse because the defense. The reason why the defense is is has been so good is Dan Quinn, and you can say it's because of Micah, and we'll get into that later. But Dan Quinn, Micah loves Dan Quinn, and I'm sure I'm sure Micah will go to Dan Quinn's office and be like, "Hey, like you got to stay." And if, if Dan Quinn leaves, you're going to look, we're going to see the defense like it was a, a season ago when they were the all, all-time worst, worst ever. And it just, McCarthy, The only the only positive that I had on McCarthy was that he was probably the best out there. Because Ron Rivera isn't, he had players punching each other, beating each other up. You can go get the Michigan coach Harbaugh, but who knows if how that's gonna work out. I hope some team hires him and we can see how that works. Um at one point in time, Cowboys fans wanted the old OSU coach who went to Jacksonville. His name is slipping my mind, but that was a disaster. Urban Meyer. So exactly. Urban Meyer. So unless you're gonna Lincoln Riley at some point was 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 brought up. Matt Rule was brought up and thankfully the Cowboys didn't didn't sign him but there's just I don't know if there's anyone else out there unless you're going to steal a coach from another team which I doubt is ever going to happen cuz some some of the best coaches out there on bad teams like Mike Tomlin his team isn't all that good they're not getting rid of him cuz he's prob he's definitely is one of the best coaches in Steelers history and in the and, and in all the NFL. Yeah, I After promise this, you. Just so have a early, quick a season. quick
0: point on Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin. If you look at Mike McCarthy and, and Mike Tomlin in a in a vacuum, one coach is under the 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 floor, and the other coach is above the ceiling. My the the Pittsburgh Steelers roster. And I'm and I apologize, Xavier, because you don't like your Steelers being slandered, but they were awful. Yeah. Big Ben was way past his prime. He could bear. I could throw the football further than Big Ben at this point, point. and they still won, won nine games and made the playoffs. And arguably, they should have won ten games if Big Ben had been in the game against the Lions instead of Mason Rudolph. So they're looking at nine games, borderline ten games, a postseason postseason berth. And they got the Kansas City Chiefs, so there's no way they were going to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. If you swap Mike McCarthy and Mike Tomlin's um, roles, the Dallas Cowboys are an NFC Championship game lock, in my opinion, because that's how great yeah. of a coach he is. You put my, Mike McCarthy on those Pittsburgh Steelers; they're not winning five games. <laughs> that's the completely like complete like flip flop that you could ever do, and. Like I just Mike like he he has the Super Bowl ring he has that on his resume but he played his quarterback was Aaron Rodgers and before that it was Brett Favre which are yeah. which are both arguably top five greatest of all time quarterbacks and if you look at the skill positions on that team James Starks Greg Jennings Donald Driver Demichael oh, Finley A J Hawk Clay Matthews um I. Think Darren Woodson was a corner yeah, on, was that on that at team at a time, like, yeah. th- like it's not even close. Like it's really not even close. And yeah, I like I, I, he won. He won twelve games in the NFC East. Like, are we really going to uh, like give him a round of applause for beating the forty 49- nine? Not the 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 Giants, the Eagles, Washington, like. I mean, I I wish Jerry Jerry would fire him, but we already have quotes saying that he's he's staying. So I thought I thought his his disaster clock management, um, the game plan, his lack of discipline of the defense would be enough to get him booted, but obviously not. Like yeah, this and, is your best situation to get a good coach. There are so many. There are quite a few head coaches who were released, like in the last two three weeks that that you can pick up and and start off fresh.
1: Yeah, and Brian like, Flores won't be that cuz he wants more power and Jerry wants to give the head coach negative power. Yeah, so, I mean
0: Brian Flores would at least set a standard that each player has to meet and he's going to yeah. be he's going to be strict. He's not going to let Dak get away with this pathetic 3 quarter layover. He's not going to let Amari Cooper get away with not playing Eighty percent of the games that he plays in, he's not gonna get a, He's not gonna let Trayvon Diggs get away with gambling. By the way, don't get me started on Trayvon Diggs on Sunday. He got absolutely worked by not only Devo Samuel but also Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, like this that, is that, basically that what I said was... was, I'm like, just wait till Trayvon Diggs gets into the postseason, and and that's what we saw. But it was, the,
1: and it, what's sad is that that played like. That like Trayvon Diggs is probably number one hundred on the issues with this team. Yeah, this exactly. Like he, like he's,
0: and they kept they kept showing um the 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 catch from Montana to to Clark over yep. Everson Walls, the guy who Trayvon Diggs tied, and they were basically the same player. Emerson Walls he couldn't really cover very well, but they kept throwing at him because he was just this unknown rookie, and he got eleven interceptions. Trayvon Diggs is a little bit more well-known, a little bit more, like, respected, I guess. But he he's not a, the best coverage corner. But if you throw him the ball in his hands, he's going to make the interception. But I, I'm looking – this is just a completely irrelevant to the present. But I'm looking for his interceptions to probably decrease, like, by times three. Like, I don't, I don't see him getting anywhere near 11 interceptions next year
1: he might even get he might he but, might even get some more because quarterbacks are going to unless Dallas drafts another corner he will get picked on and the, on the, the quarterbacks is- that Dallas has to go up against next year it's they're either really great or pretty pathetic and teams are going to teams are going to pick on them so uh, it's going to who knows? It's it's gonna be rough. And I, I love Diggs. And the issue like the only positive thing that I can say about him is that he did change from being a wide receiver to being a corner in high school in college. And most players, I could only assume, I guess I, I may sound dumb for this, but players know what they want to be in high school. And going into college, unless you unless you have a great coach who sees something in you you're going to stay in that position. So Diggs has only been playing corner for four to five years, or maybe even a year less than that. And he's doing this. It's not great, but last year he was getting beat basically every game by Terry McLaurin, both games, but Diggs issue with him is that every single game, he's either going to lock the wide receiver down or he's going to get beat horrendously. And it's, you're going to need another corner opposite of him that can only cover and drops everything but is like a lockdown guy.
0: Yeah, Trayvon Diggs cannot gonna be a number happen. 1 corner anymore. He's got to move to 2. He would be a great number 2 corner. But yeah, he can't be number 1. And all I'm saying is like it's pretty remarkable how how Trayvon Diggs has flipped from a wide receiver to a corner. But the issue with a lot of fans of the Dallas Cowboys, and I've been falling victim to this over and over in my time as a fan, but we have to stop putting these players on such high pedestals that they don't deserve. Because once they ultimately fail, then it just makes everyone else even more disappointed. Like if if the Dallas, if us as fans, if we if we looked at a player and like, all right, he's he has 11 interceptions. He's he's played very well, but he's also he's a liability here, 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 and here. Then we're not going to be overly shocked when he's getting torched by the third wide receiver on the 49ers team.
1: It's also an issue that you finish.
0: And I mean, I think I think sometimes the coaching staff is a little bit like to do with that because there's they I don't I don't know how many times I've seen Trayvon Diggs get like beat because he gambled. I don't know if Dan Quinn's even talking to him saying, hey, you got to tune that back. Like, you're, we can't give up those plays in in the, the postseason. But, like, you just kept doing it over and over and over and over and over again. And at some point, he's going to have to learn that it's a lot more important to prevent a first down or a touchdown than it is to intercept, intercept the, the football. Yeah. And I yeah, think he'll I ultimately he'll that. ultimately get that figured out. Yeah,
1: it, yeah. it, it may it. But it, I think because also um, this is his only true off season because he didn't have an off season last year, so that he hasn't had he only had one actual NFL off season. So granted that the Cowboys keep their cornerback slash secondary coach, who was a good corner in in the NFL when he played. He'll he'll get it straightened out. And then um, Anthony Brown, who could be a potential cut candidate because Dallas is, as usual, negative 13 in the cap. You could have um, Kelvin Joseph be your just straight-up coverage corner or or draft someone. But Cowboys being at 24... They they have a few draft needs, and Ray and I at some point in time in the next few weeks will have uh, Cowboys need X, Y, and Z position wise. On um, teams are bad at drafting, and just like just like Micah slipped, a player will slip. Just the issue is, if Dan Quinn is not this coach, if is not the defensive coach, I could foresee Dallas doing a. 2017, 2018, Taco Charlton, TJ Watt, where instead of taking the best player that helps them, they take another Taco Charlton, which is a wasted pick. Cause it, it's just, it's next. The next few months is either going to make the Cowboys better or it's going to be a disaster. And we're going to have 2015 and 2020 years yeah. for the next four to five years. So, but, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I
0: mean, I, I'm, yeah, and I don't want to, I don't want to, like, be overly negative, even though this is a very negative-driven, deserving show, but there were three or four plays that either Micah, Trayvon Diggs, or Leighton Vandresh made that were huge big-time plays, and they were all came at the end of the game where they yep. needed to make a very good, solid tackle in front of the sticks. And Vander Esch made that tackle, incredible tackle. Diggs made a yep. great tackle. And then Micah Parsons made two really good tackles. So, that, like, the defense, they, they did show up at when they needed to show up. Like, all those rushing yards that um, that Tony Dungy was talking about, most of those yards came in the first half. But when when it was time for the Dallas Cowboys defense to make a play and get a stop, they made the stop. So ultimately this falls on the opposite side of the ball which this is a great transition to just transition into the offensive side of the ball because my you know favorite player on this team the 75 million dollar quarterback the dude who's making all the money he made some very very incredible comments at the podium and they they basically he's saying he was asked about the the fans throwing stuff onto the field he he thought they were being it was thrown at the team and he gave a very you know laid out under like under like great under pressure response basically saying that's not cool as the fans are supposed to be with us you shouldn't be throwing stuff at us it's not right blah 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 very good response no problem with that response but then the you know the reports like oh actually they were throwing it at the officials like oh okay cool credit to them so he went from cool to completely off the edge, and I thought it was completely like um, bush league. Like it was that it wasn't cool. Like first, first of all, um, the the final play of the game was on him for not knowing the rules, and the quarterback before him was saying on the on the broadcast saying basically saying, "You don't know the rules. You're supposed to give the ball to the official." like you can't you can't spot the ball. Like you got to give it to the official. So for for him to go up there and basically say it's the ref's fault that we lost. That's a that's a problem to me and and it would be okay if it was, you know, a one-time situation where he didn't take credit for for the blame, but he's been doing like that for most of the year when he's played poorly he's made some other excuse to why he himself has not played poorly. So that so that when that comes to me I'm thinking, well, this is very out of character from what we've seen the last 4 seasons of Dak Prescott. So what's what's really going on here? And then I saw the Mike McCarthy comments and they were basically what around the same line as the Dak Prescott comments. I'm like, "Oh, that makes sense. It's the culture in the locker room." it's it's rubbing off on the on the leader of the football team then the leader of the football team is rubbing it off on the players so that that what that tells me is that there's a much bigger problem for the Dallas Cowboys than just choking big games because so that's been happening for 30 25 years them choking big games the problem is 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 all the culture in the locker room and that starts with the head coach who has um, Owens brought it to my attention that he's had meetings with players going over how the different ways that the refs are screwing them over in, in football games, which by the way, Mike McCarthy, your team is the most penalized football team in the NFL and only a couple of yards um, behind the, the Las Vegas Raiders for most yards penalized by a team. So, your team is not disciplined. So it's not the refs fault that you don't coach your football team and you just you just sit there holding a clipboard. I still have no idea what Mike McCarthy's role is on this team other than just standing there. Doesn't seem like he does very much. But I'm just I'm tired of seeing Dak Prescott play horrible for 3 quarters and then flipping the switch in the 4th quarter and ultimately coming up short. And then going up to the podium and saying, it's someone else's problem that I'm not playing well. Because I don't, I didn't watch very many press conferences from the quarterback before him, but I guarantee you there's no, you can look at through all of them. You're not going to find a press conference where he blamed the officiating. Even against the Packers, when they were, there was an officiating call that may or may not have ended their season. He still said, "I we didn't do enough as a football team to get this win, and that starts with me as the quarterback. There is no mention of the officiating. So I really, this is, that's another reason why I think Mike Carthy needs to be gone immediately because they got to change the locker room fast or because you, you may beat the NFC East six times every year and then beat the Jets or whoever else we play and get around nine, 10, 11 wins, but you're not going to beat anybody in the NFL who's actually disciplined, well coached, has a good record. If you have Mike McCarthy uh, in charge spewing this nonsense and then your quarterback be- believing in the nonsense and then spewing it at the podium. And he did apologize today, but it was it was 40 this it 40 or he apologized last night 48 hours after his comments and it didn't really it, it didn't seem like he was apologizing. It seemed like after the NBA of referee um association lashed out at him, ex- demanded a reply from the NFL, then all of a sudden he makes this apology. So did it come from the NFL players association? Did it come from Jerry Jones? Did it come from Steven Jones? Did it come from his agent or did it come with Dak Prescott? And I, I think it's the latter, not from the player. So, that's what I have to say on, on on Dak Prescott. I think he's a solid quarterback. He deserves to be the starting quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, but he, his performance is not good. It hasn't been good for a long time this season, and I need to see a big culture change. I need to see a big performance change because I'm I'm pretty much done with him at this point.
1: I I think you and I have slightly different different opinions on him. Sorry, we shall start from week one. Week one, Dak has had a plethora of injuries. Obviously, his first week back coming from an ankle injury, also his shoulder, which was a great great conversations between. Should I get out the ice pack? I think I should get out the ice. You might have to. So week one, and I. I thought that this team had a chance. The first, the out of out of on Dak's first throw, backed up in their own end zone, and Dak fires a laser to Amari. I was like, Yeah, oh. week one he played great. Yeah, like he played okay. great. So like there was a chance. Week two, week three, week four, the Patriots game was the hardest game, and Dak lit up their defense. And on the last play of the game in overtime, Dak had a calf strain. I am not saying this is this is a this is a um, excuse, but that calf strain, that calf strain, and the Denver game ruined the season. Because he was definitely not healthy until two weeks ago. Because you saw him run around in the pocket like he had a like a, a chicken with his head cut off. And he, I was I would scream at the TV, just run. I would rather you. Run and slide for three yards, then throw a then throw a pick or throw a ball into the air, and he wouldn't. He was scared to run, until a few weeks ago when he when he was when we were all like, "Whoa, you're running too much. Like, your like, your ankles need to be need you need to like watch out for your ankles," and also the Denver game because Vic Fangio, credit to him, who if Dan Quinn does leave, I will personally drive to Denver to pick up. To pick up Vic Fangio and he can be the new defensive coordinator of this defense. But he figured out Dallas 100%. And Dak and everyone else said, no, like this isn't going to be it. It was 100% a figure. They figured him out. And it was very sad to see. And I do think that, that, and also another game that derailed this season was the Las Vegas game. Now, with the, the PI on Anthony Brown in, in overtime, I don't care if you think it was PI or if you don't think it's PI, that's irrelevant. As soon as that game started, Mike McCarthy started having, or maybe it was a week after, but around those few weeks where all the their penalties, Mike McCarthy started having meetings with with the Cowboys about how like make sure not to do this because you're gonna get penalized for it. And I thought I think that he kind of Which by the way, just
0: to stop you that right there, just is really quickly. Just really quickly. Yeah. I have no problem. I have no problem with Mike McCarthy having meetings with this player saying, "Hey, this is the officiating crew we're going up against. They've called a lot more penalties than everybody else that we've gone up against. So we have to be we have to be careful on what we're what we're doing in the secondary or on the offensive line because it's going to get flagged." Like that's a, that's a well that's a that's a good that's what a good coach would do saying, "Hey, this is what we're, we're, we're playing. This officiating, this officiating crew is officiating us. We have to be disciplined in these areas. That's completely fine. But I don't think that's what happened. I think, and, and maybe that is what happened. But then I, I'm pretty sure I'm willing to bet that there is a meeting after that game where Mike McCarthy is saying, here's where they screwed us over. Here's where we didn't foul them and, and they threw the flag here. Like they we we got bamboozled again. Like and that's where and that's where the culture um the um the poison culture comes from. All right. You have the four once
1: again. Yeah. And yeah, Dak for the first for under Jason Garrett, I think that he was probably obviously I don't I didn't watch the other thirty-one quarterbacks speak at the podium, but he he spoke as well as I've ever heard someone say all the right things. And then you go and hear him say, say, say something like that. And it just, it, it shows how there's no accountability on this team. Demarcus Lawrence, who was a captain, I believe got a captain patch for the playoffs. He said it was basically the ref's fault that there was no accountability for the 160 plus yards rushing there was there was nothing and i if if every single player said hey you know what it's our fault we we had a bad game okay i feel a lot better about this team going into the off season but to to blame a referee when you when you put yourself out of the game in the first quarter is is horrendous and blaming people that that's, it's like, it's like that you do in middle school and high school when you're, when you're playing football, you don't blame the refs in college or the NFL. Cause that, that, that should be below you. You should be above all that. And it's really sad to see your leader do it. But I mean, I, another thing, Kellen Moore, I think he got so much praise over the last few months and seasons for having all these flashy plays and all that. But he I don't I don't know if if every single night Kellen Moore has dreams about that Denver Broncos game and he dreams about Vic Fangio with like being the devil. But he has become so predictable. And I think the funniest part is last year or Dax last Dax last faulty Sorry, fully healthy season. They started doing a bunch of motion to try to catch the defense off guard. But now Dallas only motions on a run play. And you saw one of the, one of the plays in the game where they motioned and the defensive ends knew right away that it was a run. And you just can't do that. And I think that Dallas... As soon as they, as soon as they cut the former quarterback coach, and I forgot his name. He used to play quarterback for Dallas, so that's going to annoy me the rest of the of the show. But as soon as he was cut, and they brought in the someone new, Dak. No, no, Garrett it was the quarterback coach. No, no the oh, coach. I forget. Oh, oh okay. I, I forget what um he used to play for Dallas uh during the twenty fifteen, uh, all those fun years I believe, but as soon as soon as he was cut. Or Kitna, sorry, John Kitna, he was a quarterback coach. As soon as they fired him, I think that da- or or he, sorry, as soon as he left to get a coaching job, I believe a high school coaching job or something like that. Whatever, whatever. He's not he wasn't the coach anymore. He he took a step back. I think that Dak and Kellen are so close because they've been playing on the same team since 2016. I doubt Kellen Moore yells at Dak or gets in his face and says, Hey, this was bad. Or not even get in his face, but just like say, like, this was a very bad performance, like play better. I doubt that happens because I'm sure that they view each other as like brothers, and you're not gonna put a put a, your quote unquote brother down in front of 52 other men. But Dak needs someone to be on him and I think every player needs someone to be on them and to see that happen and Dak in big games is always sadly shown up in the fourth quarter but I don't even think it's Dak it's everyone if you're running the ball and your wide receivers put in 20% effort you're not going to run the ball efficiently. C.D. Lamb barely got any targets and on the one target that he got he dropped it and it was a pretty crucial uh, was, it was a crucial an interception. It was almost a pick yeah. six. Cause yeah, because and- he just dropped it. And that right there, I don't know if if Amari Cooper is like rubbing off on these guys, like, oh, if you don't get the ball, like why care? But you can't have that. And I I read a tweet and someone said that they wish CD Lamb would get rid of 88 and wear 10 like he wanted to, because that's they said that his drop was not very eighty eight like. And he last offseason after his so basically, Justin Jefferson and CD were Justin Jefferson had more yards than CD, but they were like neck and neck on like good plays. Justin Jefferson had a hell of a year, and CD did not have a hell of a year. He had a bunch of drops, he had a thousand yards, but who doesn't have a thousand yards? They're tired, like fit like all good, all good or serviceable wide receivers have. 800 to a thousand yards so a thousand yards doesn't really mean anything anymore and it's just it's it's just sad because Gallup's leaving amari cooper cutting him saves you 16 million dollars and then what are you gonna have cd lamb be your number one no 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 it just doesn't work and there are other things you could do you can cut um blake jarwin you can cut Anthony Brown, you can cut someone else to save like twelve million dollars, but someone's getting cut, and whether it's Amari Cooper and Dallas is is had enough of him taking himself out of games. And you, you're had either going to cut him for the last
0: two years. You're,
1: <laughs> you're either going to cut him, or you're going to tell Zeke to take a big pay cut. You're going to tell Demarcus to take a pay cut. You're going to tell someone to take a pay cut, and if if it just it has to happen. Because Dalton Schultz, people can knock him all he wants. He's become Tony – back in the day, Tony Romo, Jason and they were like – that was his safety blanket. And Dak's safety blanket's Dalton. Dalton's always up yeah. when you need him to be – Dalton, Dalton you,
0: Schultz blocks better than Blake Jarwin, and he Blake runs Jarlin better never routes blocks. than Blake he, he's,
1: a, he's a wide receiver and I don't understand
0: the, the the – the fascination of Blake Jarwin because he's never because on the field and Dalton, Schultz is, and Dalton Schultz is a way better tight end he does, Dal- he does everything that doesn't he doesn't watch tight football end to do.
1: Dallas does need Blake Jarwin for some formation because he does things that Dalton Schultz can but but Dalton is the overall better tight end but Jarwin has better hands and he's more wide receiver like so his catch radius is bigger but there's just you you got you got to resign him J-Ron Curse, you have to re-sign him because he's probably the best safety you've had in quite some time. Um, and then you have to re-sign Brian Anger because watching him punt is probably the most fun I've had as a Cowboys fan. He's the best player in three team. years. Oh, yeah. And he deserves to be—he he deserves to get $75 million guaranteed. So, oh. um. Greg Zerline can I will personally pack his bags for him. And yeah, it's going to be a really interesting off Um and I'm looking forward to it cuz yeah, it, also it's fun I'm going to need an to watch a franchise from, burn. What would you say?
0: I'm going to I'm going to need an explanation from mainly you. I'm going to need an explanation from mainly from you on what happened That's to the fun. Dallas Cowboys defensive line. Because oh, yeah. De- Demarcus Lawrence um, was a no-show, Randy Gregory was a no-show.
1: Randy Gregory, and he he did show up. Like, he just showed up. Demarcus um, Lawrence,
0: it, he he basically it, turned it. back into the pumpkin that I have described to Mass.
1: It it was they they. I, I'll I'll have to look back and see if it was what it was. Yeah, I Randy Gregory remember, completely was, running offside, on giving giving yeah, the forty-nineers a bunch. I just. I don't know. I if I was a football player and for I mean, DeMarcus a week, Lawrence, but... he
0: he he's
1: the he's a good football player. You you can't you can't put him down for one game because there are a bunch of other players who have. If, if Demarcus Lawrence got paid peanuts, that that everyone yeah, would you, like him. But he you. gets paid a bunch of money, and people v- value players based off money, which is the stupidest thing in the world. 'Cause it's the market, and there have been horrendous quarterbacks like Jared Goff, who gets twenty six yeah, million dollars Lawrence a year. He was some point, but it's all based on the market. It has nothing to do with the player. A player, if you suck or not, is gonna want the most amount of money he can get, which you can you can't blame that.
0: <laughs> we've had we've had this we've had this argument before. We've had this argument before. Yeah, we've and, had, and, and if, if, you want, if you want if you want to base him it's off about stats money. Then, yeah. When you when you're paid, it's not about the money. It's not about the money. The pay, the money being paid to you, you're being paid based on your level of play. So they're pay, then paying him at one point the highest paid defensive lineman. They're saying he is a top defensive lineman. So as a critiquer and a fan, and now a I guess you could call a podcast analyst or whatever we are now, I expect <laughs> you to play at that top top level in the biggest, biggest moments and biggest games. So me calling him turning back into a pumpkin and being a no-show has nothing to do with the amount of money he's making. It's the fact that the money means that they view value him as a top defensive end. Same thing with Jared Goff. The money that Jared Goff was paid is basically saying the Rams value him as a top 10 quarterback and a franchise quarterback. So that means that as an analyst, as a fan, as a watcher of football, hey, Jared Goff is valued as this. So when he plays like a pumpkin, he should be cr- criticized for playing like a pumpkin.
1: Every same thing with Dak. Dak is he's exactly. being paid as
0: a top five quarterback. So as a, I'm holding him to the standard of Patrick Mahomes to Aaron Rodgers.
1: Every every player deserves to be criticized. And I, I completely so, agree like with Mahomes,
0: that. like Mahomes, when, when he was playing poorly, you criticized him for being playing poorly. It wasn't about the money. I don't think you paid him You you criticized yeah, it, Mahomes cause, cause because of the amount his Kansas contract. Chief, I think you just criticized I, I, him because he was you playing like
1: I hundred percent, but you and I can agree that Dallas Cowboys because because of how every because of the fans how they, like you said, put their players on some type of pedestal. Every single Cowboy player gets critiqued. I Marcus Peters, when he was getting all the interceptions, maybe Instagram wasn't that big back then, but I was not seeing Marcus Peters getting burnt. He gave up a lot of yards too. Marshawn Lattimore, who people say is a top 10, top 5 corner, he gave up quite 800 plus yards as well and he only had what like three interceptions and a similar amount of pass deflections as, as digs so digs season isn't as bad as people say it is cuz there are other corners who gave up similar yards but because he's a Dallas cowboy that's he gets criticized like no other and but that's that, that's neither here nor there but there are a lot of things that need to happen to this this Dallas team they need a new offensive lineman they need a new left guard hopefully or a center hopefully the Iowa Linderbaum will be available but who knows he could go away before Dallas picks and I I'll bet my life Dallas is not moving up in this draft Steven Jones already said they're not going to be making any any free agency moves because why get better in free agency when you can just draft players that makes a whole lot of sense and yeah, I, I've 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 started to learn that Stephen Jones is worse than Jerry, and it will be be interesting to see what happens in the future.
0: Yeah, just one one final point on the on the cow on this game and this in this episode because I'm I'm done with the Cowboys till <laughs> till August is. When I watched that football game, it was very, very obvious which team wanted to win more than the other. The 49ers from the first play out-physicaled the Cowboys, outplayed the Cowboys, outworked the Cowboys, out everything the Cowboys. Yeah. And that just goes back to we've had we've had multi- many arguments, and you push back on this over and over and over again about Mike McCarthy and how it's not his job. To get the players motivated as a head coach, because they should be able to motivate themselves.
1: I was—I the I, I said the, was that like the players should be able to motivate themselves. Like he shouldn't have to have like this grand speech every single week. It right, is that's right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Them, that's, but but players should be able yeah. to find their own like, motivation. When you
0: come out that flat over and over and over and over again.
1: Yeah, hundred like percent. It, it it it's 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 terrible, and, and I think the funniest part of it all was ever since Dallas got the three seed, every single day it was 49ers and the much better team. Dallas sucks. Dallas sucks. Dallas sucks. I I don't know. Maybe I've maybe Mike has never heard about this, but bulletin board material is a thing, and Mike McCarthy has given other teams quite. The, he gave the he gave the football team my my apologies. He gave the football team. Plenty of bulletin board material this past season. I I don't understand how you don't sit with your guys and be like, hey, no one, everyone thinks yeah. you suck. No one believes in us. Yeah, everyone... Nick Saban calls it rat poison. Yeah, exactly. Now now Dallas was six and zero against the NFC, and they were six and five against other team, which is pretty pathetic. But I, I don't know how you don't at least. Yeah, like you said, Dallas got out physical the first drive. I I was in Waco Regional Airport watching just them do whatever they wanted. And I think the worst part of it all was that as soon as Micah went to go see if he was okay concussion-wise, that defense looked terrible. Terrible. And it shows that—so remember when we were talking and you said, why does Dallas need another linebacker? That right there is why Dallas needs another linebacker. Because you can't have one. Because if if, if Micah... Because Micah is either going to be a linebacker or an end. And if he's an end, then the team is really done for. Because he's, he's your best linebacker, and he's by far your best pass rusher. So you need to go get another one while waiting for Jabril Cox to actually play because he tore his ACL, sadly, and hopefully he can come back because Dallas needs him more than more than i think anyone else on this team or injury wise so yeah but it uh, it's i um it's i i it was funny cuz i i tweeted a um a few days ago when denver sent um a consultant back with dallas to go watch their or to go interview with their corners and I, I I commented and I was like I, I was like please sign him he's the best best offensive coordinator ever like he has so many great plays I was like just you're not gonna regret the decision so hopefully he leaves and um, I, I saw something where if he does leave that um, Mike McCarthy may 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 call the plays which which should be interesting uh, hopefully. Hopefully Dan Quinn stays because at least if Dan Quinn stays, I can have some. I I, I honestly
0: believe that Mike McCarthy. I think Mike McCarthy might've had a little bit more of a say in the play calling as we realized, because you talked a little bit about the lack of motions and how that usually that wasn't a thing last year as much, or even the year before as much. So maybe Mike, maybe we were all we were all fooled, and Mike McCarthy actually has a lot, a little bit more say in the play calling than we than we realized. Not trying to make any excuses for Kellen Moore because he did; he is ultimately the the title of offensive coordinator. But
1: he's just the bad coordinator.
0: I that's all I have to say regarding that. But I think people. I made a lot of points at the very beginning. When we just started this, when we just started this podcast, I made a lot of points be, re- revolving around the hard knocks episodes. Where I don't think I—I I mean, I don't call him that.
1: Call him what? Oh, Scotland I mean, hands. I know, I know you don't. Worse I, I, I saw. I saw others. Place. I saw like all over Instagram, all over, just, I mean, all over they, Twitter. I was like, he's just calling you one, can, two point oh. Even way worse coordinators calling that. your place. You could have some better ones, though. You could have a, a lot, a lot better ones. I I don't understand how. I understand as as a quarterback, you have to give the ball to your. best Yeah, I mean, yeah, you could have Sean guy. McVay
0: calling your place, but I mean, you you're not.
1: Well, yeah, well, I'm sure there are other other guys on the market that would be better than Kellen because I, I. There there have been times where when he's had like parts of plays of greatness like when, whenever he puts cd lamb on on a on a screener he gets a design throw just to him because cd lamb with the ball in his hands is probably one of the most electric players and i i, I know amari coop wants the ball more and you can give him the ball all you want and michael gallup wants the ball but and it, it is Dak's ultimate it, it is his ultimate responsibility to get the ball to the best players but if you're if off the if off the 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 like at the jump of the play, you're already putting your quarterback in a position to fail by calling bad plays. Dak can he can audible all he wants, but you but you can only audible so much to a point where at the root of it, your offensive coordinator put you in a position to fail. And your head coach put you in a position to fail. That's not I'm not saying that that there are definitely plays where Dak missed and that it's a hundred percent on him. But like I'm, like I said, and I'll keep on saying it, if if your coordinator puts you in a position to fail, like I, I saw something that, like I sent to you, a lot of the plays are out of the same formation. I think a baby or someone that's or middle schoolers who who watch film, I think they could probably understand what defense you have to play to stop this one formation that they keep on running. Which is why Dallas missed Blake Jarwin so much because you can run two tight ends with him. Because Sean McKeon, he's a decent tight end, but he's not as good as Blake Jarwin. Is not that Blake Jarwin's top ten tight end, but but Dallas does better and the playbook is opened up more when there's two when there's two serviceable tight ends, and that's why the key injuries that Dallas had hurt, and which is why you, the their offense played better when Michael Gallup was down. Because you were able to have an actual slot wide receiver in Cedric Wilson, and there wasn't so much movement. So, that's my spiel. That's basically what I've been wanting to say for the past forty-eight hours, and it is it is it is time to 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 cry and to get ready to see where Dan Quinn, Kellen Moore go. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I don't um, know. Ho- hopefully, like we could, hopefully, we, could have, stay, a, we but... could
0: have a, we could have a very, we could have a full show and we might even have a full show just talking about Kellen Moore because like, <laughs> and just talking about the play, the the coaching staff by themselves, but I'd I mean, love last to, thing, I just have two more really quick things I want to say before we wrap up. Number one, like course. Kellen Moore, Kellen Moore can be scrutinized for his play calling or his lack of formation or, blah 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 but he he is the same coordinator who called the trick play against Arizona that ultimately got the Cowboys back into the game like that was he was the one who called that trick play because like you could argue that the Dallas the Cowboys offense was pathetic Dak Prescott was pathetic the running game was pathetic they needed some sort of spark to get them going and ultimately, it was a trick play to Cedric Wilson, who then threw it to, I guess, C D Lamb. Tony Pollard. And they ran for a lot of yards after the catch. And ultimately, they scored a touchdown, and they got back in the it, it, it,
1: And so I, he, like I said, he, 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 not, ha- like,
0: he has – Like I was saying before, he is not the greatest or anywhere near the greatest um, offensive coordinator. But the Cowboys offense still was number one in, in yards passing, still number one in scoring still number 1 in efficiency probably but it's it's mainly it all starts it all starts with the culture in the locker room it starts with the head coach um and the cowboys they're just not a great organization to begin with like you sent me some of those tweets or the twit the the um the text messages we didn't really get into those but i mean it was all saying like they were upset with kellen moore cuz he he left too many you know, play call. He called too many play calls that they wanted to save. Or receivers were upset. They weren't trying very hard, or they were blaming officials. There were meetings that weren't that shouldn't have happened. Like it all starts with your coaching staff. It starts with your owner, and really, the Dallas Cowboys are just dysfunctional from the top. And any anyone under them, under the owner, it should be held accountable for their mistakes. But even even then, even if how much I've scrutinized Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott this show and um, Amari Cooper for what it's worth, there's still a little bit of me that feels bad for every single one of them because they have to work for Jerry Jones. Because Jerry Jones ultimately, whatever he says goes. If Jerry Jones wants them to run out of this formation every time, they're going to run out of this formation every time. Jerry Jones wants Dak Prescott to throw to Amari Cooper every time, he's going to throw it to Amari Cooper every time. Jerry Jones went Mike, wants Mike McCarthy to um, do hard knocks and expose <laughs> his lack of motivating skills, and then he's going to go on hard knocks and give these speeches. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, and yeah, The I mean, only thing I can give credit to Jerry Jones for is to, is to say, the refs didn't cost us this game. We shouldn't have been in this position to begin with. 100%. That was the one, one thing I've been very proud of Jerry Jones for doing in a long time. Yeah. And that's saying something.
1: To to go back to your points about Kellen, yeah, he has had plays of greatness, yeah. but I think it's pretty pathetic that that it's, you, it's that, a, that you wait until you wait until the fourth quarter to to do something like that because it's good play calls it don't have to be trick plays or or th- four different people touch the ball. They can just be okay. They're lined up in cover two or cover three. Let let's run our cover two beater or cover three beater. It doesn't have to be these insane plays it's like, oh my goodness, Kellen Moore just had the best play in 45 years. They just have to be play calls that don't look like a fourth grader is running your team. And also about the the leading in yards, leading in points, they put up 50 or 40 plus on all of their division rivals. And they put up probably the, that that span. They put up the most points any team has in, like, against. I don't know if that's true or not, but they put up a lot of points against pretty bad teams. But this is the same team that also put up nine points for the, the Chiefs. And a lot, they had a lot of bad games. But it's easy when you're going up against a defense in the football team who, even Ron Rivera said, our defensive yeah, line was praised yeah, the all offseason. And we thought, and, and they thought they were going to be amazing, and they weren't an Eagles defense who isn't all that good and the Giants defense who has good players and players that are have have played well recently but they're not all that great and if Dallas played their division rivals for a 17 game season I could say they'd beat them they'd probably lose one game but if if Dallas for the next Dallas this this offseason may not be the number 1 team in the division. Philly has 3 draft picks in in the first round. The Giants have 2 and the football team have 1. The football team has a lot to prove because everyone is out on them. The Giants have a lot to prove and they have a new head coach and if they get Brian Flores and if they get the Sean yeah, Watson, the East, wait, they could. yeah Nick and the Giants, for all we know, they can go get Russell Wilson, and they can somehow sneak into the playoffs. But that's probably not going to happen because it would be the same in situation that Russell's in right now in Seattle. But it's it's this was the year to at least win one playoff game, but they didn't. And it's great that that Mike McCarthy, in his second year, went to the playoffs. But on paper, you have the best team and you have the best personnel in the in the whole entire league and you put up a pitiful pitiful display of football against the 49ers and you're now the laughing stock of the NFL and because you're the Dallas Cowboys you will they will be talking about this game for the next two weeks three weeks and whoever goes to the Super Bowl and whoever wins it there will be a segment about how bad this Dallas Cowboys team is, and if if that doesn't annoy the hell out of them for the next few months, and if they don't have some type of fire in their system going into next season, then this is going to be a really hard team to watch next next season. But uh, it's, it's well, uh, un-
0: unfortunately, um, just to just to just. Unfortunately, just to stay on this this um, roller coaster of negativity, the Dallas Cowboys are not going to have this fire or annoyance or I can't believe they're saying this about us because they're still on the on the train of it's every everyone is against us. The refs beat us. They ruined us. They ruined our season. So. If Jerry Jones is okay with Mike McCarthy staying as your head coach, then that's going to be the culture for the next eight or ten years. Because we saw Jason Garrett be the head coach for way longer than he should have been. And if if I if there's any sort of history, then Mike McCarthy is going to be this head coach for a very long time.
1: Yeah, I, so, I want to say one one funny if, thing. If you then like you negativity,
0: go. that's that was the ender that you that you were looking for.
1: I want to say one funny thing before we go to try to make everyone laugh, I guess. So, Pro Football Focus said, The floor is yours. Pro Football Focus, which is probably the worst worst website in all the NFL, said, The Cowboys made a huge mistake in ignoring CeeDee Lamb versus the 49ers. Troy Aikman said, Michael Irvin would have had 10 catches at halftime if they played us, the Dallas Cowboys, the way they played Michael Irvin. A verified Cowboy account said, honest question, has Michael Irvin ever had 10 catches before halftime of a game? I mean, he definitely didn't have more than 10. 10, He definitely didn't have more than 10 entire games where he had 10 catches. Marcus Mosher, who you either love him or you hate him, said Michael Irvin only had seven career games with 10 or more receptions and had zero games with, with 10 receptions in the first half. Which is kind of funny because Troy Aikman just hates on the Cowboys and hates on the Cowboys. And I understand because I'm sure he he hates Jerry Jones for all the stuff he had to go through. But it, it's just funny to say that Michael Irvin would have had 10 career receptors. would have had 10 um, catches in the first half when he never had 10 catches in the first half of his very long and and prestigious. or, or Yeah, I think it's the word. Uh Hall cowboys career, career,
0: three Super Bowl rings, all pro yep. wide receiver, best wide receiver in Cowboys history. Blah blah mm-hmm. blah 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 blah. I, yeah. mean, I, um, I mean, I I mean, I think Troy I, Aikman. Troy Aikman's just he's 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 being he's using his brain, whatever whatever's left of it after all the concussions and hits that <laughs> he took. Um, he's basically saying that in this timeline and this generation of NFL football, where wide receivers are not able to be touched. And the quarterbacks were able to sit there and pick their nose and then make a decision. Michael Irvin would have had ten receptions. But, um, I mean, I, I feel like every receiver, every quarterback who played in the in the nineteen nineties, nineteen eighties, nineteen seventies would give anything to play in this generation of football because it is so easy to get. Like you said earlier in the show. Thousand yards doesn't mean jack anymore because it's so easy exactly. to get a thousand yards. So, I mean, you look at Cooper Cup, who just he just had the triple crown, receptions, yards, and touchdowns. Like Cooper Cup is is not a he's not a bred what you look at as a wide receiver one. Like he's exactly, and when Jared Goff was there, he guy. was a slot receiver. But you put you put a. You put a a a great quarter or a good quarterback who can push the ball down the field, who is a pro bowler, who is known to be successful, who's known to, you know, do things that a lot of people can't do at the at the position, and all yep. of a sudden you have the guy like Cooper Cup, who's who's now regarded as a top five receiver in football.
1: True. I I don't think that he's, yeah. People either people don't really. I don't really know if he's top five, but. But he I mean,
0: had a Michael Irvin would have a way better career right now than he did in the 1990s. So any would Troy Waters Aikman. So would Troy Aikman. Any wide receiver would have a great career.
1: Like, any, the offense a
0: like the offense back then for the Cowboys was, running, was like run the football to Emmett Smith, yep. let our big boys r- run over the defensive line, and then play action. Put you, I mean, you put Troy Aikman and Michael Irvin out here, and they're probably doing very similar things to what you see at Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase or yeah. Devontae Adams or Julio Jones back in the day. Like, it, it's, it's really like, it's just like it, It's like if it's like when I say if Tony Romo was on this football team, they'd he'd, there's no way that they'd be losing to these bumhead you know teams and blah 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 blah. Like. It's 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 all hypothetical.
1: Yeah, of of course. Yeah. By the way, pro,
0: ball, pro the only reason you should use pro football focus is if you're trying to push your narrative. If it's anything 100%. objectively, it should be thrown out the window.
1: Exactly. The the amount yeah, so of nonsense, get, get Bayless, that stats, was directed at you. Yeah, the amount of nonsense stats that Pro Football Focus has just created is insane. It, it's it's ridiculous, but that yeah, was quite the show. <laughs> Yeah, big exactly. Yeah, Baker made Baker, Baker big time throws. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. What, what What is a big time throw? Well, I gotta I gotta run the class, and this this was this was quite the episode, and um quite the sad episode. Ray and I both had our uh pre show tears, but we are. I had my
0: pre show staring. Just at just, just our
1: luck. Yeah, just our luck. Five minutes after we. End the show. Someone will either get fired or hired. So be on the lookout for that. That that yeah, always seems out Yeah, be on the lookout for
0: for Mike McCarthy to get extended.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like a lifetime deal. But yeah, yeah it follow was, us um, on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> definitely. And we're we're gonna try to um, the ne- next episode do draft needs and how each one of us would fix this team for the future. But thank you. It's been a heck of a season and this is probably the most fun that I've had in a season in quite some time. And out of the three years that I've been at Baylor two and a half, um, this is probably the best. So Ray, thank you for one heck of a season and I'm looking forward to next and next and hopefully we'll be like 25, 26 just doing this as our side job. But um, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be great. And it's gonna be an interesting next few weeks because Dallas Long will do nothing. King. Exactly. everyone say thank you to Tony Romo, but um, it was a great season. Uh, Us wise, Dallas always starts off well and then plays horrifically. But you know, that is if for 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 anyone out there, if 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 you if you want to prove to a girl that you are committed. And you are in a committed. You're capable of being in a committed, committing relationship. Just tell that you're a Dallas fan, and just she will marry you on the spot. That is all I have to say. (laughs) But 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 good luck uh, for all the other good football teams out there. You know, wish I was. Wish I could say I followed one of those. But um, I'm looking forward to Joe Burrow. Exactly. I was going to say that I'm looking forward to Joe Shisey to taking over the NFL and becoming the new then the, the new quarterback that everyone looks at because man i i don't have one of those so but yeah we will be back either this weekend or next week to talk more sadness
0: yeah it's been fun i can i agree with all those things you said regarding the season it's been fun it's been a great way to get to, to kind of step out of the world of education and school and classes and just kind of talk about football, something I enjoy. I've enjoyed our banter, our agreements, our disagreements are are fun. It's been great. I'm looking forward to the off season, and looking forward to the Super Bowl. And as I told you after oh, the yeah. game, this is the best part of the year to be a Cowboys fan because you don't have to deal with them anymore. This is the opportunity exactly. for us to branch out, to follow the playoffs, to, like, basically talk about anything we want until April. So, yeah, exactly. Um, but with that being said, okay. it's been great. There's a lot of room for improvement for this show, and we're excited to see where it goes moving forward.
1: Yeah, me, me too, me too. Uh, it, it it'll yeah, be, it'll be quite fun. It's been real. Yeah, and uh, we will be back relatively soon. All right. And well, yeah. Thank- go to class. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go like sprint the class. It's in 20 minutes. Yeah. I'm gonna go. Thanks everyone for watching, guys. Of course. Adios, go Cowboys, and hopefully the Super Bowl is halfway decent and it's not like the ones previously have been. Yeah. But yeah go Cowboys. Go football. Adios, folks.